Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fansided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Rocks Pile Rockies Report, brought to you by RocksPile.com. My name is Kevin Henry. I am one of the site experts for Rocks Pile, joined as always by my friend and fellow co-expert, Noah Yingling. What's up, Noah? How are you, man? Pretty good. How are you? Especially I'm, since we're playing another edition of Where in the World is Kevin Henry? I know. I've moved a little further west. Uh, as we record this, it is cloudy in Los Angeles. I'm getting ready to head to Dodger Stadium for the NL wildcard game between the Cardinals and the Dodgers, covering that for our sister site, Call to the Pen, with my BBWAA membership. So uh, very uh, thankful for that and looking forward to an interesting night at the park. And by the way, speaking of BBWAA, we might as well say it. Kevin will be voting for the National League Rookie of the, uh, Rookie of the Year. Of course, he cannot reveal the vote nope. until it has come out, but he has already voted on it. I have. And there's have. a few guys towards the top of the chart on most likely to get it, um, a few of which are in Cincinnati. Um, particularly Jonathan India, one of their infielders. But who knows? Maybe the Rockies might get some love there as well. You just can't ever tell. I mean, uh, Mr. Rogers had quite a year in Miami. Uh, you know, there, uh, Mr. Wisdom in Chicago, Dylan Carlson with the Cardinals. There was a lot of rookies who made a difference. And, of course, Connor Joe. You know, let's not forget our friend Connor Joe here with the Colorado Rockies. So, uh, you know, one of the things that we're going to talk about after the break, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Connor Joe will get brought back up again. Uh, maybe some other Rockies rookies will get brought back up as well. Uh, but I know, Noah, first we've got to thank our advertiser, and that is Manscaped. Yes. Autumn is in the air. The pumpkins are in the patch. And our friends at Manscaped are here for you, too. Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package join the two million men worldwide by using manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20 percent off and free shipping with the code fansided20 with manscaped's performance package 4.0 you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer crop preserver ball deodorant crop reviver toner and for free they have thrown in a pair of their performance boxer briefs and a travel bag as well. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code fansided20 and manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D and the number 20 at manscaped.com. Make sure that you use Manscaped all throughout the fall and winter and join 2 million people worldwide. And we appreciate Manscaped for being a 
uh, official sponsor of the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. And Noah, as we uh, alluded to a little bit before the break, uh, certainly there were a lot of rookies who made an impact for the Rockies in 2021, but the Rockies also made an impact starting off the offseason with a pair of signings. Uh, I am on the opinion that both the C.J. Crone contract for two years, as well as for Antonio Senzatella with his five years plus a club option, uh, I think both those are good moves for the Rockies. I think both those uh, give them a, another base to build around. And one thing that I talked about, uh, and, and actually we talked about while I was in Arizona with the Rockies last weekend, is how next year is going to be kind of a bridge year. And C.J. Crone is that perfect bridge, as far as I believe, at first base uh, to get to the Michael Tolias, the Grant Levines, whoever you think is coming next as that first baseman. A couple of years of a power-hitting Crone at Coors Field is not such a bad thing. Absolutely. He's, uh, first off, he's a leader. And even with young rebuilding teams, you do need leaders. You can't just field a team of rookies out there. You do need guys that will show essentially the rookies how things are done. And especially if you're losing Trevor Story, which contrary to some people's belief, Trevor Story, I would be stunned, absolutely stunned if he returned. You still have to have some offense. They're yeah. already struggling in the offensive department with Crone. So now at least you're keeping Crone, but particularly if you lose Story, you need three or four other guys to step up. Now, if you keep Story, maybe you need two or three. But still, I mean, you still need more offensive production. At least they're keeping Crone to alleviate the problem of having to get four or five guys in there to help their offense if they wanted to compete next year. Now, for Sensatella, and again, I, I frequently forget the people that I see on Twitter who post this. And if, if you are the person who posted this, then and you happen to hear this podcast, please let us know on Twitter because it was on Twitter. But I think with Antonio Senzatella, those of us who watch the Rockies know that he can be a very good pitcher. Is he an ace? No, but he is a good back end starter. The thing is, though, the people that don't watch him often think he's just, oh, four and 10 record. Oh, please give me a break. Why are you giving him a five year contract, potentially six year contract for that? Well, one, there's more than wins and losses, but also two, And this was the point that was made on Twitter. He's he's not a pitching ninja guy where he's not going to be striking out. 15 guys a game. He still has a good fastball that will be in the upper nineties, but he, I mean, this year, this was his highest strikeout year uh, for strikeouts per nine innings in the last three seasons. And he struck out six batters per nine innings. So it's not, uh, he's not going to blow you away with the strikeouts. So he, he doesn't get the allure of, oh, this guy is going to strike out 15 guys for nine innings with 103 mile an hour fastball. He's not Jacob DeGrom, no. But 
also there's only one Jacob DeGrom. Right. There aren't that many of those out there. Exactly. So in 2020, he had a really good ERA. But if you look at the peripheral numbers, they suggest he had some really good luck. That completely flipped in 2021, where he had a higher ERA. You look at the peripherals and wow, he had some bad luck. I mean, with a 442 ERA, it's not great. But when you're pitching at Coors Field for half of your games, that's better than league average. A 4-10 record in that suggests the offense, as we just mentioned, was not there. You know, for me, uh, and and I think this gets overlooked because you mentioned Coors Field and you mentioned pitching at Coors, and we're going to have an article on it later in the offseason about just how well that these Rockies pitchers actually did throwing at altitude this year. And I think there's two things that are really important to remember. Number one, that you have a starting pitcher who feels comfortable pitching at altitude. I think that's a really important thing. And this is part of that homegrown mentality uh, for the Rockies to have these guys come up, feel comfortable, uh, not have to go through the whole, what's my breaking ball going to do, you know, all that stuff. And the other thing about pitching at Coors is the ground ball pitching. And Sensatella has gotten really good at being a ground ball pitcher. Uh, the last three years, more than half of balls that have been put into play from him have been grounders. Uh, and no, he hasn't been facing Rymel Tapia every time. Uh, but he's actually <laughs> you know, throwing ground balls. He's getting the double plays. He's doing the things that you've got to do to win at Coors. And so the Rockies, yeah, as you said, Noah, he's not a DeGrom. Uh, I would dare say he's not even a Marquez uh, for, you know, but I think he is a guy that fills that middle of the rotation. If you know going into next year that you've got Marquez, Freeland, Gomber, Senzatella, and those last two probably can be flipped either way. That's a good foursome to at least take in. Now, of course, we don't know John Gray. We don't know Peter Lambert. We don't know, you know, Ryan Rollison. Who will that fifth guy be? We don't know any of that. But the top four, they've now secured through at least, I believe it's 2023 with Freeland's contract. And so I think that that's really a good thing to say for the next two years. These are, we've got the four horsemen locked up. Now, the problem is, as we've seen, what we saw this year, What's the depth behind that? Right. I mean, Gray, Gray is, can be great at Coors Field. But can you tell me how many times in parts of seven seasons he's pitched with the Rockies? How many times has he had 31 or more starts in a season? Or 30 or more starts in a season, I should say. Yeah. yeah. How many? I would bet zero. Maybe one. one. Maybe one. All right. 2018. He had 31 starts. Which everything went right for the Rockies in 2018. And mind you, that was the year that he was sent back to Albuquerque because he was their opening day starter, struggled, and then they sent him back to Albuquerque for a start or two. And then they called him back up because guess what? They had injuries. That's really been the only year that he didn't have a fair amount of injuries. This year, he had injuries the previous year. Guess what? In 2020, he only made eight starts because he missed the last 
what, six weeks of the season? Same thing happened in 2019. 2018, obviously, we just talked about that. 2017, he was injured part of the season. most uh, Not most of the season, but a good chunk of the season. And in 2016, he only made 29 starts. So he has given you a total of 29 starts twice, 31 starts once. Yep. So, and that's one of the things with Coors Field as well, where they they haven't really diagnosed with some of the players of, for example, David Dahl. Okay, you're getting injured so much. Is it something that has to do with going between Coors and sea level Or is it something else just personally? And that's one of the hangups I have with John Gray if they do resign him. He's not that durable, or he's not shown it at least. But I, I think that, you know, and, and, and certainly we can debate this a little bit because I know there's two trains of thought out there right now. Number one, that Sensatella signing means that Gray is done in Colorado. I don't believe that's the case at all. Uh, I think that you've got a pitcher, like we were talking about earlier with Sensatella. He, John Gray is very comfortable in Colorado. He likes Colorado. He wants to come back to Colorado. He's told us that on a podcast. Uh, you know, so, but I've also heard numerous times that it takes two to tango. It takes both of them wanting to have a, a something to come back. And so John may be anxious to come back. Are the Rockies anxious to sign him for what they're wanting to sign him for? And does John believe that he's going to get something better out there otherwise? I think that's the biggest question. I think a lot more of whether John Gray will be back or not has to do with that than it does with them signing Antonio Sensatella. Yeah. And then, like I said, to me, it's, it's depth too. I mean, granted they just DFA'd uh, Chichi Gonzalez, but Chichi Gonzalez cannot be your sixth starter. No. Period. No. One thing that we will talk about numerous times in off-season podcasts are the Rockies have said they want more power next year and they want to build depth in the pitching. Those those yep. are both no-brainers. So will you know is Peter Lambert a, a shoe in for that fifth role or Ryan Feltner or you know, any, anybody else, or maybe Ryan Rawlson. No, not necessarily. I would not be surprised at all if they try to sign some veteran on the cheap to bring in to be that fifth starter. Now, obviously, we'll see what happens. But another thing, Noah, and we can talk more about this after the break, you know, the Rockies signing Crone is great. The Rockies signing Sensatella is great. But the Rockies have to do more than just re-sign the guys that they've already got in-house. They've got to go out and they've got to bring in some fresh blood. They've got to bring in some more talent and some more depth, as you mentioned. And I know we will tackle that topic right after the break here on the Rock Spile Rockies Report. And Kevin Henry back on the Rock Spile Rockies Report, joined by Noah Yingling, my friend and co-expert. And Noah, one thing that you know we, we teased a little bit before the break is the fact that this, you know, we know the Rockies have to get better. I mean, if they're going to compete, they have to get better. But we also know that there's a lot of questions about the offseason. We don't know what will happen with Story. We don't know what will happen with John Gray. We don't know what's going to happen with the CBA. You know, I think that that's another thing that needs to be discussed a little bit more is 
what will happen to free agency before the CBA is finalized? And will everybody wait until maybe after things finalize with CBA to figure out where they're going to sign? Personally, I think that CJ hopping on the, the offer from the, the Rockies was a sign that they wanted to get something done and not have to worry about that. Uh, but there will be a lot of players who will sit back and, and evaluate what the market's going to do with this new CBA that's being hammered out. Yeah, I think the CBA is going to have something to do with it um, for a lot of players. Obviously, for some of them, like with Crone, he was like, no, I, I, I don't want to do that right now. And guess what? He gets to stay with the same team where he hasn't had that luxury before. Because look in 2020, he was with Detroit. 2019, Minnesota. 2018, Tampa. 2017, Angels. He's had a different team each of the last few years. So if you can have some continuity, obviously for him, that's what he wanted. And, and he was the definition of a, you know, he took advantage of Coors Field this year. Let's let's just call it like it was. I mean, look yeah. at his home road splits. We detailed that in the article that I wrote for Rockspile whenever uh, CJ signed. The home road splits are are crazy. But during that August, when the Marlins and Cubs came to town and CJ put together all those big numbers, you could just tell that if that was a guy who felt very confident at 20th and Blake. And honestly, that's what the Rockies need. They need guys who feel confident, but they also need guys who can improve on those home road splits next year too. That. And then like we mentioned the depth, I mean, even in 2019, you had story, you had Nolan. Uh, I know that's a, this, a swear word to most yep. uh, Rockies fans now, but you had Trevor, you had Nolan, you had Charlie Blackman, you had David Dahl for 100 games, and he was an all-star in those 100 games. Yep. And they lost 91 games. Be- why? You have Daniel Murphy. You had Tony Walters. You had Ryan McMahon strike out 160 times in 480 at-bats. You had Rymel Tapia just driving the ball into the ground. You had Ian Desmond... I'll, I'll flat out say it playing like crap. Uh, you had Garrett Hampson who was not hitting well. He was good defender. We mentioned this before. Good defender, good base runner can hit. Um, you had Chris Iannetta, Mark Reynolds didn't exactly light the world on fire. You look at that team. Now this is by baseball references war. And you look at the players Nolan was one story was two Marquez three gray Blackman Scott Oberg, which you don't have Scott Oberg. At least it looks like entering 2022. That could change. Good. Number seven was Tony Walters. That's a problem. Number eight was Mac. Number nine was Carlos Estevez. David Dahl was number 10. And mind you, he only played a hundred games. Number 11 was Tim Melville. Number 12 was the 27 games that they got out of Sam Hilliard. So that tells you right there, even pre-pandemic, they didn't have a lot of depth. No. And now they have even less, especially because the minor leagues, 2020 season was canceled. How many guys did we see jump up from A ball to AAA or A ball to the majors? Some of them did well. Lucas Gilbreth, Alan Trejo. 
you also you have a lot less depth now. And we've seen it. Double A, triple A. What are their records? Not very good. Yeah. So that's not going to translate to the majors by and large. So, so let's talk again, you know, that bridge mentality, because you're right. Fresno and Spokane were the heart of the minor leagues for the Rockies last season. Bottom line, the two newest franchises in the Rockies minor league family came through in the biggest ways, uh, both advancing to the championship uh, series in their respective high A and low A, you know, but it's still going to take time for, Tovar to get there, for Tolia to get there, for Zach Bean to get there. It's still going to take some time. So I think the biggest thing that Bill Schmidt has to do this offseason is buy that time. And what we saw with Crone in a two-year contract, and let's face it, you know, if reports are to be believed, it's a reasonable two-year contract for what Crone can bring. Find guys that can bring you power. Find guys who can be that bridge for a couple of years. And if the Rockies pitching, now this is an if, because as you said, Noah, there's not, you know, if a Kyle Freeland gets hurt, if Amon Marquez gets hurt, they're in trouble right now. But if you find some pitching depth that could actually back up a good rotation right now, and you have some more power added to the lineup, there's a, there's a case that could be made that this team could inch toward 500. Absolutely. And let's actually talk about that depth for a minute. Let's look at Albuquerque. Their number one starter on starts, or based off number of starts, was Ryan Castellani. He had 23 starts, 24 games, so one relief appearance. He was 3-11 and with a 625 ERA, only had 95 innings pitched. Number two, 21 starts, Jose Mujica, 2-12 and with an 877 ERA. There's a reason why he was outrighted off the 40-man roster. Derek Rodriguez, 4 and 6, 672 ERA, 22 games, 19 starts. Brandon Gold, 3 and 7, 615, 17 starts. Frank Duncan, 5 and 3, 392 ERA, 15 starts. Ryan Rollison, 2 and 2, 591 ERA, 10 starts. Ian Clarkin, 3 and 5, 877, 9 starts. So those are the guys with more than two stars with Albuquerque. The only one that has an ERA that is sub six is Frank Duncan. And mind you, he's 29. It, it says a lot that Ryan Feltner was called up to make that start. From, Albu- uh, from Hartford. And yeah. Hartford, Hartford went 39 and 79 this year. They, as a team, had an ERA of 550. They're not playing in the Pacific Coast League either. No. <laughs> or what used to be called Pacific yeah. League. It's not the Pacific Coast old, League. You're an old school there. Absolutely. I, I, too bad I didn't say American Association. Um, but for, for Hartford, as a team, they hit 228. With an OPS of sub 700. You know, you know, here's here's the thing, though, is the fact that, and, and we've already said it a couple of times, they've got to go outside to get better next year. They have to. There, yeah. there's, there's not a lot of people riding in on horses for next year. You could argue Rawlison may be that guy, and he may be. 
but there was a reason why, of course, he, he suffered through a lot of injuries this year and a lot of weird ones uh, with appendicitis as well as a, a broken uh, finger, I believe it was, uh, in a freak accident. But there's a reason why that the Rockies had to go to Feltner. There's a reason why Chasheen uh, had a spot start this year. There's a reason why Castellani was up and quickly back down after a start. Uh, the simple fact is that they don't have a guy that they feel comfortable in that fifth role right now. And unfortunately, Chi-Chi, as good of a guy as he is, and he is a good guy, but he's not a guy that you're going to rely on to be that fifth starter and go out there and really be able to hold down the other team right now. And as we mentioned for Hartford, I mean, even the top prospect guys down there, Michael Tolia, who's going to be in the Arizona Fall League. He was elevated from A-ball up to double-A Hartford. And in the 41 games in Hartford, he hit 217. That's not great. You look at some of the other ones there. Montero, he was hitting well there. Eluris Montero, he was hitting well. So they elevated him up to Albuquerque. Most of the other ones, I mean, they're starting to get up in age and they aren't necessarily their top prospects. I mean, Jamison Hanna, we talked about how he wasn't hitting great in Hartford and he's fourth in average there. He had 79 games. He hit 255, but he doesn't hit for power. So that's another problem. So, yeah, that's one of the things. And I mean, especially look at pitching Carl Kaufman. He's slid down some uh, on the Rockies' top prospect charts. I believe he's 28th now. But in double A, he went 2 and 11 with a 735 ERA, 19 games, 18 starts. That's a problem. You know, and, and one thing that, you know, you mentioned Tolia and, and Montero and some of these guys who took a step up this year didn't exactly embrace that step up. Now, that's not a bad thing. I want to make that very clear. It, it takes a lot of rookies, some adjustment to go from one level to another. But that's also a thing that you sit there and go, okay, we don't have to rush him up uh, because we've got C.J. Crone now for a couple of years. Let him get that confidence in Albuquerque and Hartford. And, you know, and, and wherever he lands next year to start making those steps, you know, and uh, one thing that – Gosh, way back in the in the day here, you know, earlier this year when we talked to Grant Levine at, uh, uh, gosh, he was at Fresno at that point, uh, and I believe he moved up to Spokane. Boy, sorry, I should have had this pulled up, but you know, he's a guy that was on all these prospect lists and was really high up, and so often, um, you know, he struggled, and and he fully admitted that he struggled. And this year, he kind of felt like that he had that all figured out, but it took him some seasons to actually feel like that he could put something together where the numbers could reflect the, the high prospect rankings that he had for quite some time. And I believe he's now 18th on the Rockies' top 30 list. You're so, close, 19th. 19th, yep. So, you know, and, and I was looking at that as well whenever Frone signed because I'm like, okay, who's coming behind him? Because – Another thing that we discussed at the end of the year was, you know, the Rockies have a lot of corner infielders and a lot of outfielders. 
they're kind of stacked at that. But uh, Tolia and um, Levine are the guys who are uh, top 20 uh, first baseman. So for Levine, for the stats, started out in Grand Junction in 2018, hit really well there, hit 350. So for 2019, he was elevated up to single A Asheville. He hit 236 there. 2020, obviously, he didn't play in no minor league season. 2021, in Fresno, he hit 281 in 72 games. So they elevated him up to advanced A Spokane. 32 games, he hit 225. You know, it's it, it's something that not every prospect is going to make it to the majors. Not every prospect is going to excel at the majors. And so again, are the Rockies in a bad position right now? If they let some guys who are veterans come in, make an impact hit for power while they still figure out which of these prospects that they've been hoarding for all these years can actually play or make an impact in the majors. And, and I don't think so, which means that next year may be tough. Uh, you know, it's it's very possible next year could be another tough year, but do things look up if you can figure out that puzzle and figure out which ones actually can make an impact and which ones are just taking up roster space? I think the answer is yes. And who knows? Maybe some of those prospects will be able to make the team out of opening day. Yep. I mean, Ryan Valade may fall into that category. Montero might fall into that category because he only had 28 games at Albuquerque, but he did hit 278 there. He was hitting 279 in Hartford. So, and we talked about this on the last podcast. They lose story. Do they move Rogers to shortstop, McMahon to second, and then put Montero at third? Could be. Yeah, it could. It's it's possible. You know, if if Montero's really ready for that, uh, I'm I still am banking on that. If they lose story, they find a. a veteran to bring in to fill yeah. that void uh, you know, there might be a veteran who on a one-year deal that's a minor league contract with yeah. a spring training invite so they can see in spring training oh we can go to veteran x if oh okay uh, this isn't going to work out but oh montero's hitting 600 in the spring training oh well we, we kind of have to call him up <laughs> absolutely you know, and, and, and we have had guys who have torn it up in spring training. And then obviously then you make the transition to uh, the actual season. It's like, Ooh, yeah. but, but Hey, the Rocky, let's face it. We've said it. Rocky's Twitter has said it. Numerous people have said it. the Rockies have to do something different next year because doing the same thing with the same people is going to get you the same results. So Absolutely. Invite those guys to spring training. Give them a chance to make the roster. Shake things up a little bit. That's the only way that you're going to know whether you're going to improve or you're going to go back down. And that's part of the reason why we said this past year would be the most important year. And frankly, this is going to be the most important offseason. Because how many people last week were saying, in other words, what the hell are the Rockies doing by hiring Bill Schmidt? And a lot of those people have already said, okay, he extended Sensatella. He signed Crone. So I'll back off a little bit in my right. criticism of him. But if we're here at today's October 6th, 
if on March 6th, and that's all he's done, that's a problem. But if he's done those two things and he's done seven other things, even if it doesn't involve resigning story, if, okay, we traded for this guy that will help our major league team this year or we sign some free agent stopgap or something to mix it up a little bit, then he'll buy some himself some time. At least in the eyes of Rockies fans. Yeah. And and I think the matter, you know, one of the things that uh, Bright was so crucified for was obviously the icy relationships with star players, you know, yes, but also not much changed. And so if Bill Schmidt comes in and puts his stamp on it by making some changes, by doing some trades, by cutting some guys, by bringing in some new blood, I, I think it's worth sitting back and, as you said, seeing if on March 6th, what has exactly changed. Yeah. And we'll be looking at those changes and what could change all this offseason. As we've mentioned, we will have stuff on the site every single day. Had that over four years. We've had 50 articles at least a month on the site for at least that long, if not longer. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's something that we, we believe very strongly that, uh, you know, the, the, there's a Denver radio station uh, that, that always talks about there's never an off season for talking Broncos. Uh, you know, we believe that a lot goes on in, when the Rockies even aren't on the field. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that we want to analyze. We want to bring to you agree with us, disagree with us. It's fine. Uh, you know, we believe strongly that, Let's at least get some thoughts out there. And, you know, I, I don't mind a little uh, discussion, shall we say, about the direction and, uh, you know, which way it's going to go. Yeah. Bring bring on criticism. The criticism. I mean, we can take it. Sure. We can. Whether you think that we're purple pom-poms or we you think that we're too harsh on the Rockies. We've gotten both, so we must be somewhere in the middle. Well, I, I feel like we fluctuate. I, I think that uh, <laughs> one thing that I think we we do is that we kind of take a temperature of the rest of the, the Rockies fans and, and ride that. Um, you know, we're never going to tell you how to fan, uh, but we'd love to tell you what we think. And then, you know, uh, yeah, as Noah said, agree, disagree. It doesn't matter. On any given day, we are great people and just the worst people on the planet. You know, trust me, I fluctuate. And I'm probably going to be a really bad person because I'm going to be done with this podcast here shortly and head over to Dodger stadium and watch the Cardinals and Dodgers. Uh, this might be your worst day. I know, you know, uh, one person was joking with me uh, earlier today about, uh, you know, that, uh, NBC has La Brea, you know, where a big sinkhole opens up and that's, uh, what there was what they were rooting for tonight. I'm like, that's a little harsh. Uh, but, uh, no one will advance to play the giants. And I have a feeling a lot of Rockies fans will be giants fans, uh, in the next series. So. And then whoever gets to the Giants uh, gets to the Giants in the NLCS, assuming it is the Giants, they'll be voting. Uh, they'll be rooting for that other team. Too. Absolutely. <laughs> our friends from reviewing the brew may have a lot of Brewers fans on board. You know, you can't ever tell. We'll see. And our now. and our colleagues over at Tomahawk Take as well. You just can't ever tell. So Noah, as always, enjoyed the chat and a uh, lot to lot to keep up with as we move forward this postseason, man. So you are in Colorado, then Arizona, then Colorado again, now L.A. So the next episode, 
Next episode, oh, I'm hoping might have to still be on the, uh, the playoffs. Well, apparently, I need to go uh, east, uh, you know, because I feel like I'm just moving west, and there's not going to be much in Hawaii for us to chat about. So uh, we'll see. No. What we can do. Maybe <laughs> you can get the Hawaii Islanders back out there. That would be pretty cool, actually. I would like that. I would. I mean, that. they are playing uh, in the minors now. They are playing six game series. Hey, they did for Hawaii back in the eighties. Yeah, that's true. Actually, it's a really good point. Bring them back, man. Maybe you can get uh, Al Michaels as a sponsor because he was one of the – that's where he got his start. That's true. Well, I will be one of the few people in the press box tonight for the Cardinals and the Dodgers who has said in the last 12 hours, hey, go Rockies. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.